podcast. My name is Tim Peterson. I'm senior media editor at Digiday. And I'm Kaylee Barber, media editor at Digiday. Kaylee, you had the interview this week and you spoke with Natalie Nymark, who is the president of Prayer Odell, uh, which is an agency for anyone listening who's not familiar with Prayer Odell, but they've been around for a while. I feel like this time of year is often when agencies start or will soon be starting to like have 2024 budget conversations with clients. Is that right? Yeah. So I had heard through a couple of like reporting conversations over the past, you know, couple of weeks that 2024 planning meetings are happening a little bit earlier with advertising clients than maybe typical, especially compared to last year. So I wanted to chat with Natalie about what she's really, you know, seeing in terms of like client interest in having these longer tail conversations looking, you know, farther ahead in the calendar versus, you know, very month to month or quarter to quarter transactional conversations. And she did say in the conversation, because this is one of the first things we talk about, that the conversations for 2024 started as early as July, I think, which is earlier than normal. And she said that it's not just about like being proactive for next year, but also thinking about like what some of the shorter term stopgap solutions could be in the long tail planning. So it's a little bit of both. It's like talking about 2024, but also making sure there's like backup plans in place in case something happens and the budget has to, you know, pump the brakes again. Is she noticing any trends in terms of like how budgets for 2024 may look different than the budgets for 2023 or what the contingency plans would look like? Yeah, so she has been advising clients to keep a section of budget reserved for these kind of like in case of emergency moments where you have to maybe use a different channel or a different platform than you were initially planning. Um, So she did say that that kind of like in case of emergency budget is very much a, you know, planned part of a budget, a client's budget for the year. Um, I did ask her towards the end about kind of if budgets will be increasing, if she's seeing kind of like an uptick in, you know, what clients are willing to spend on advertising campaigns uh, next year. And she said that considering she hasn't seen a whole lot of budgets yet um, come through, what she has seen is a positive indication that there will be an increase of advertising spend in 2024, pretty much assuming the economy doesn't come crashing down but with the with the lessening of chatter around recession and like a hopefully positive uh you know impact on the economy she said god willing the budgets will will come through and be a little bit higher than normal but you really can't i, I think she t- like knocked on wood a couple of times during this conversation so i will do the same just uh, to give some peace of mind there okay sounds good i'm excited to hear more about this it's a really interesting topic thanks Kayla. yeah thanks tim well, Natalie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm pleased to be here. I'm very excited. I uh, We're going to talk about some really like exciting topics. But before we get into that, just for our listeners who are unfamiliar with Pereira Odell, could you give us an overview of like your work, kind of like what areas, your full service creative agency? I think that can yep. mean a lot of different things. So if you could just give us a little overview of what you work on and some of your clients, um, just so we have a, a good kind of base to work from. Yeah. We're a creative agency. We're full service. We also do media and obviously um, production, all sort of creative uh, services end to end. We we 
Do you do some media for some specific clients, which really allows us to connect um, creative to media, which uh, has been really great and fun for us to work on? Um, and uh, we, yeah, we're 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 well known for our approach to branded entertainment. Um, which started back in sort of the early days of our founding with PJ Pereira and Andrew O'Dell uh, when they when they did some of the work that they did on uh, the beauty inside, uh, which really sort of put our name um, on the on the map. Um, and uh, you know, from there, we really sort of honed in our skills on uh, you know branded entertainment across multiple different types of um, clients, but also really, really sort of like getting into. Um, uh, becoming much more of a full service agency and end to end. So um, now we we are based out of San Francisco and New York. We also obviously, similar to a lot of other agencies, have a very distributed workforce. Um, and so we've got folks in LA, in Austin, in Virginia, in the New York area, in the San Francisco uh, area, um, all up and down California, obviously. And um, we work with clients like Early Warning on their peer-to-peer payment, uh, Zelle. We work with IHOP, um, who everybody knows and loves uh, our pancakes. Uh, We work with uh, Mini USA. We work with um, Adobe. We work with General Mills. Um, We work with a bank in the Midwest called Fifth Third. And we also work, do a lot of work with the Ad Council, and then um, those are those are some of our retainer clients. And uh, we do a lot of project based work as well uh, for some other folks as well. But that is sort of the crux of our business right now. Very kind of diversified group of clients then, um, Pancakes and Ad Council. Um, but um, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned branded entertainment. Like, what are the platforms that you really look to distribute this content on or that your clients are focused on? Is it, like, mostly video? Or are you, you know, looking at, like, social placements? Like, what's the kind of uh, product output that you maybe specialize in? Yeah, yeah. So, like, from a channel standpoint? Yeah. Yeah, so we're obviously full service. Uh, we We do, you know... We do sort of like we start with the big idea, obviously, um, and uh, from there, based on whatever the campaign and the consumer needs are, whatever we're sort of determining um, the sort of, you know, the campaign needs from a holistic standpoint are, as well as obviously like budget, um, is it regional, is it national, uh, we then determine sort of what our channel approach is, and we t- sometimes work with partner agencies, uh, media agencies. Sometimes we do it in house, like I said, um, and and we run the gamut, right? Well, we we do everything from um, from video, TV, OTT, CTV, all the way down to like digital uh, and social. Social, really, like a- across everything at this point, it's pretty ubiquitous in terms of like how we're going to market for most of our clients um, and. Uh, you know, we still do a lot of out of home and print, and we sort of saw a lot of out of home come back in, in especially in in Cannes this past year, and certainly with Barbie and their a lot of their out of home activations. So, um, we we run the gamut across the board. We we work in every different channel, and we have that capability. and And I think it really you know stems for us um, against like sort of what is the business brief and what is the big idea that will inform how we go to market with our channel plan. I definitely want to get into some of that, like, you know, the importance of like the big idea, like looking at some of those kind of, uh, I don't know, just like major moments like Barbie, right? Like these kind of like tentpole moments in 
culture that inform like how marketers are thinking about their brands and like how brands show up. Like I think that's such an interesting topic to get into. Before we do that though, I would love to kind of hear from you about what you're seeing from like client planning and strategy right now. Because I think one of the biggest trends over the past few years, maybe this is like kicked off during the pandemic, during those like uncertain months, but has persisted since then is this very like like last minute transacting mentality, last minute kind of like execution of budgets, planning, being more quarter by quarter versus, or even week by week in some cases, especially if you're looking at digital versus these like long, you know, term planning cycles that I think we're used to seeing. And I'm curious if that's kind of the trend that you've noticed over the past few years, if there's been this kind of compression of sales cycles in the clients that you work with, but also kind of how how clients kind of approach their budgets right now. And, and I have more questions for you later about like forward looking, but just curious, like what that kind of, you know, timeline really looks like with the clients you're working on, if you've kind of noticed that as well in your own business. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it, it's a very timely question. I think um, as we are approaching Q4, which really is um, planning season for the next um, calendar year, and that will be 2024, obviously, um, you know, it it really, this is like really top of mind for me, especially in the seat that I sit in. Um, and so not only, you know, are we thinking about planning uh, for our own agency, obviously for our client partners and um, and how we move forward based on based on that. And so uh, this is going to consume me for the next couple of months. So I'm happy and excited to, to chat about it. Um, I'm going to answer your question first, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about um, sort of my own philosophy on this a little bit. Um, I, th- I think, I think there is definitely a little bit of this back and forth that has happened between, you know, there's, you know, long-term planning and then short-term planning. Um, and, you know, as sort of the, the 2023, the year of a lot of financial uncertainty and is there a recession? Is there not a recession? Um, as that is sort of starting to settle a little bit and it seems like a lot of the, um, market and stability is sort of knock on wood starting to sort of settle and the sort of mindset of you know maybe maybe we have sur- maybe we have passed a recession um again knock on wood because I don't want to be the one to wreck that for the rest of us but um basically I, I think 2023 has certainly been more so than even in the pandemic a year of a lot of financial uncertainty. And I think in 2023, we definitely saw that sort of like um, going back and forth between like, okay, well, here's the long-term plan, but really we have to focus on the short-term plan because of the financial realities that we're up against and um, how spending has impacted some of our client business as well as well as our own. Um, and so I, I do think that there has been sort of like a little bit of a, a waffling between both. And um, I think the goal for us uh, as we start to head into 2024 is to really start thinking about, you know, obviously setting a long-term plan, but also making sure that we have the flexibility in that plan to pivot where we need to in order to sort of have short-term solutions uh, should certain circumstances arise. Um, I'll, I'll pause there because I, I I have a little bit more to say on this, but I just want to make sure I'm answering your question. Yeah. So it, it does sound like there are still conversations around long-term projects because, I mean, by nature of like calendar 
tentpole events that goes on, like you have to be mindful of those things. And I'm sure with larger projects too, like you still need that time to plan, but having those faster transaction, uh, you know, quicker response items created either in tandem or like as part of a package is more important than really ever, it sounds like. I think just maintaining a little bit of of flexibility and the ability to sort of, uh, as you're looking at how things are doing in market and how mm-hmm. things are, are how consumer is responding and like as you launch a campaign and you put it into market or you launch an activation and you put it into market um, or if you are at a place where, you know, sales are down and you need a quick solution to sort of um, plug that gap. Uh, the building flexibility into your budgets and into the plan as a whole is is now more critical than ever. Because if we can get ahead of some of that, knowing that there is some uh, flexibility and malleability in our plan where we can sort of tap these types of solutions if need be based on what we're seeing in market, um, then that gives us even more strength to sort of say, okay, we've got these solutions that we can sort of plug in in the short term when those types of situations arise, but we still have a long-term plan that we can stick to and say, this is what we're aiming for. This is what our ambition is. And mm-hmm. so this is what we're after in the long term. And those short-term solutions plug in wherever they need to, but they certainly are coherent and cohesive with the long-term plan. And I think sometimes what has happened is, um, when we don't have those short-term solutions baked in and sort of ready to go if need be, uh, it sort of diverts from the long-term plan and sometimes takes us off of what ultimately is like our greater ambition. And when we lose sight of that, then I think that's when things start to sort of like mistakes start to happen or um, we start, you know, the whole the whole group is following um, uh, now a trail that is taking us off of what what we know to be our long-term ambition or objective and and ensuring that we can get back onto that because I think that's sort of like the, that's where the vision setting is. That's where the planning really takes place. So I think it's baking in some of those short-term solutions for the year whenever we need to employ them or pull them in. Yeah, and what are some examples of those short-term solutions um, that you might have added into campaign plans or, uh, you know, larger projects just to make yeah. sure you can offset some of those diversions? I mean, I think it's as simple as, you know, uh, different creative options, right? So like if, for example, we know that in one campaign we want to drive a certain experience, um, but we also know that uh, we need to ensure that we're also driving to conversion, um, we can do a little bit of a test and and learn in market where we can drive to the experience and then drive to sort of like the moment of of conversion. Um, We can see how that works and what the sort of return is there. Uh, And if that seems like it's not working, we can always sort of like now test what is a more direct link to it. and, And does that sort of like lose uh, the consumer engagement because we don't have the experience in that, or is it more efficient because you're driving direct to the conversion, the point of conversion? So, like that's a very simple sort of approach to it. But having different creative options at the ready that may uh, meet different objectives, um, other other things are sort of like other ways into short term. You know, solutions are having uh, you know a a budget set aside just in case in terms of you need 
you know, maybe perhaps you need um, an extra tactic or an extra channel in your plan that like maybe you you don't want to account for up front, but just in case you need it, if like it doesn't look like you're getting the, the types of um, response uh, based on the mix that you have. So putting budget aside, having creative options, that that kind of thing. Those are very basic things, but very much like things that when when we plan ahead for, it's easy to plan and create. Uh, when you are when you're responding in the moment, um, it definitely leaves you a little bit on your heels. So would that be something along the lines of like, all right, maybe you're making like a a commercial for you know CTV and it's you know a bigger production, but you know the extra budget would be set aside for like perhaps like Instagram or like using a, a shorter form kind of like real as part of that, so, like something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Got it. And so I guess the question about like working with the client to get them to understand like, all right, we need to make these kind of like alternative options, like backup plan kind of things. You mentioned setting aside some of the budget. Is that something like additive that the client has to kind of say, all right, well, we'll, you know, put a little bit more on the table just in case like our, you know, longer term project has to be held for a little bit? Or I guess like how are they thinking about dedicating extra budget for channels that they weren't already, you know, banking on or like, you know, planning for, even got like approval for, um, you know, internally. I mean, I think with any type of uh, short-term solution, whether it is adding an extra channel or it's adding an extra creative um, uh, variation in the creative, um, I think it all needs to be thought through up front. And so as we're thinking about how we go to market with um, any kind of campaign, we work with the client on sort of like what is the plan to go to market and if we are going to do any sort of test and learn or if we are going to do any sort of um, holding on to whether it's funds or uh, channels as backup or creative variations as backup, it's building those into the plan in the upfront so that we're getting it done as we're thinking through the the go to market approach holistically so that it isn't necessarily incremental budget or it is incremental time it's more like we've got backup plans in our back pocket i think uh, it's it's funny i think like the pandemic really taught us in many ways that uh you know more than ever um, you you just need you need backup options, right? Like there are so many different things. There's so many factors at play now in the world in in the way that we market things and in, in the way that we go to market in the in the sort of like the reality of the market factors, whether it's because of the economy or it's because of new new technologies like AI or it's because of sort of like the you know still coming off of the pandemic a little bit. Um, it really is like unprecedented times. And so more than anything, I think we've really learned that um, you don't just have one plan. You need multiple plans. You need backup plans. Uh, you need to be able to be flexible. You need to be able to pivot quickly. Uh, but you also need to be able to drive towards and set a long-term ambition and goal for what you want your business, where you want your business and your brand to to go and to be so that no matter what happens with some of those backup plans or short-term solutions, you're always still on that plan towards that greater ambition. So I think it's like this very much this pairing of um, long-term and short-term solutions and having that in place. And for me right now, that is 
that that mindset is very acute and that need is very acute as we head into 2024 planning. Um, I think I think 2023 has certainly taught us that uh, there have been so many factors at play and so many things that have been uncertain that more than ever, I think it really has helped when you do have a little bit of that flexibility baked into the plan. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, then we'll be right back. Has it been difficult talking to clients about keeping, you know, that long-term goal in mind? Because I know it's been such a struggle. Like I cover um, a lot of digital publishing as like part of my beat, but, you know, beyond that, I talk to media buyers, I talk to advertisers, I talk to marketers, like, and a lot of, you know, the past couple of years has been this kind of, you know, case of cancellations or delayed budgets or delayed execution on projects and, you know, this bumper car effect of it getting pushed to the next quarter and the next quarter. Has it been a struggle keeping clients, like, at least partially focused on that larger goal when you're, you know, having to bake in these, you know, um, alternatives or these, like, you know, just-in-case scenarios? Like, is it – has there been any friction with just having those, you know – long-term conversations ongoing throughout the past year, you know, even longer than that? We work really hand-in-hand with all of our client partners as we're thinking through um, the approach to the year, as well as, like, any types of pivots that we need to make. Um, And I'd say most of our clients um, are are very much thinking long-term, but also now needing those sort of short-term solutions as well. Um, I think I think for for the majority of our clients, they do long term really really well, and um, they have the vision, they have um, the sort of ambition and the objective in mind, and where they want to go. And the bigger challenge has been making sure that we build in flexibility in our plan in order to be able to pivot so that you minimize the the chance of surprise. Like that's that's what they they want as well as what we want. Um, and collectively what we want for the brand. So it's sort of like the ability to stay on that long-term trajectory and that plan and that goal um, really is reliant on having some flexibility around short-term and having that baked in. And so, no, I don't I don't think that there's any friction around it. I think what what where friction starts to come in is when um, when there are surprises and you're not prepared for it. So really for me, it's about maintaining um, the dialogue and the conversation around sort of um, creating plans that have flexibility baked in so that when something happens or when a budget gets cut or when a timeline gets moved back, um, it's not a problem, right? We Everyone is on board, everyone is able to pivot, and we know like where the focus areas are as a result of that pivot um, so that we're all sort of we're singing in in tune and we're working together on it. So I think, again, like now more than ever, I think that collaboration um, with our clients and um, partners is just is so is so critical because uh, nobody likes surprises, you know, especially when you have a plan in place and you want to stick to it. Um, but there's it, there it's just almost in it's almost impossible to uh, remove the element of surprise in 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 the world that we're in right now. Like 2023, again, like definitely, definitely uh, taught us that again. Like, I, you know, the, the year of a lot of uncertainty, I would say, is, is 2023. Right. right. And even like with your best intentions, even if you go in with like a, a plan for the next, you know, six months, nine months, whatever, you're still going to have to be planning like week to week or like month to month just 
to accommodate for those like surprises or those unexpected things. You still have to keep a very short-term mentality going throughout is what I've heard from, you know, the industry at large. So it makes sense with what you're saying. And so, you know, looking, looking ahead to 2024, you mentioned that you're already kind of in this mindset of planning for the next year. Is it at all any different, like from heading into 2023? I know end of 2022 was extremely challenging, uncertain. There was a lot of pressure kind of coming down on um, the ad industry, on, you know, the economy in general. So from what I heard at the time, the planning for 2023 ended up being very compressed and it was very much focused on like quarter by quarter. But curious, heading into 2024, does it feel less pressure coming into the new year? Do you feel like you have the ability to look further ahead than maybe end of 2022? Like what's the kind of like forward-looking strategy that you're taking and how it compares to a year ago? Yeah. Um, I I think it's somewhat similar. I think now that we have gone through a little bit of the gauntlet of 2023, because 2022 was a very different year, um, I, I, I think that we now, I feel like I know a lot more going into 2024. Um, I feel a little bit more prepared, actually, um, to to have some of those short-term solutions in place as needed as we start thinking about planning. Um, and I, I think ultimately, you know, what it has allowed us to do, and this goes back to this sort of concept of, um, you know, really working to get ahead of what is our strategy for 2024 bef- beyond just what's our plan, but what's our strategy. Um, you know, we really are working closely um, with our clients on where where we can win, where our brands can win, um, and how to make some of those strategic choices uh, in order to set the stage for a really thoughtful strategy on um, how we can win in 2024, and then letting that inform a long-term plan and certainly some like short-term um, solutions that we will need, you know, as backup or or as sort of like on in our back pocket should we need it. But I think more than ever now, one of the things that that I'm hyper focused on is ensuring that as we're thinking about 2024 and we head into sort of this planning quarter. Um, that we're really making those strategic choices around um, where and when, when and how to win and how that comes to life um, from a business strategy standpoint. And and with that, you're also thereby making choices on where not to play and where not to go to market, right? So you're making choices about what you where you are going to focus your time, energy, and investment and funds and where you're not. And so I think once we do that, once you lay that strategy down, um, and that does that does take a lot of collaboration, a lot of conversations, a lot of work from um, your your entire sort of integrated team, um, then you can create the plan for 2024 and sort of like what are the actions you are going to take uh, in order to deliver on that strategy. And so for me now, in order to ensure that we, you know, do that across the board and we do it for ourselves as well, uh, you know, getting ahead of that as we head into Q4 is is just is is what's on my mind now. Yeah. Are these planning meetings, these like kind of big picture strategy sessions happening earlier than maybe they have in 
in the past. Like I talked to one uh, media buyer who said their clients were already starting to think about 2024. And that's normally a conversation that happens in October or November. So I'm curious if it's similar for you. Yeah, I, I think I think the need for some of those strategic conversations and those choices and that and that sort of like giving a little bit more room for the the business strategy um in order to sort of like inform what we do holistically at large as agency partners um is is top of mind for everybody right now. I think that's the other thing that that that's sort of the difference between 2022 and 2023 is like we are getting ahead of it and by getting ahead of it it means you really do have to start a little bit earlier. And so with that it is like things that have started in conversation um even having started last month in July in order to be oh, wow. prepared to set the sort of stage for how we want to enter into 2024 um because really it does you have to allow for a good amount of time in order to have um meaningful strategic conversations in order to set those plans got it and so you mentioned you're in the process of kind of sorting out big priority and then areas where you're not so focused or maybe you're designating that as kind of like the the backup or alternative route. Curious, like what channels you're really prioritizing, if there's like tentpole events in 2024 that you think are going to be really big. And mostly curious because obviously you mentioned Barbie earlier, like Barbie coming out in July was such like a, a huge like marketing phenomenon. And like people knew for a while that that movie was coming out, but there was such like this, you know, anchoring moment around a movie premiere. Um, curious if there are similar events like that in the coming year that you think could have the potential of having as monumental of a moment when it comes to, you know, how brands are thinking about their marketing strategy. Like, if you're just thinking about those tentpole moments, obviously, like there's the writer strike and the uh, actor strike. So maybe a movie isn't the exact example for 2024. But I am curious, like, if there are, you know, other tentpole moments in 2024 that you're really kind of like eyeing down or your clients are very interested in when it comes to these long term planning, you know, strategies sessions that you're having right now? I think it varies client by client, honestly, but I do think tentpole moments are an important tactic as we think about planning for next year, because in order to actually um, allow them to 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 not only be in the plan, but also uh, do the work you need to in order to to have creative or have like, you know, be part of those tentpole moments. It just takes time and it takes a little bit of lead time. So I think generally, I I don't know, I don't have a sense yet of what are those tentpole moments. I do obviously like Super Bowl is one that happens every year and it's a big one and it has been super fun to watch over the last two years, especially. Um, And I, I, I do think that the tentpole moment is going to continue to be a thing for us as it has been in years past. But I think now as people really are as, you know, whatever, everyone's sort of like the pandemic is over. We're back in the world. We're in, you know, everyone is sort of out there again. I think it's just, it continues to sort of have, um, it continues to be a space that people are playing in. And and it definitely is an area where uh, when you're talking about engaging consumers and meeting them, you know, where they're at and, and, and bringing them into the experience, it's, it's, you know, definitely delivers on all of those things. So they're definitely a fun tactic when you're thinking about things like that. Um, and then other channels, you know, cer- certainly there's a lot of movement on social. Social continues to be um, a very sort of, 
ubiquitous type of channel for us. It covers so many things and it is an ecosystem in itself, obviously. Um, and now with, um, you know, obviously the rise of threads and um, X, we there's a lot of movement in that space. And so just being super savvy in the way that we use social uh, continues to be a focus area for us. And um, otherwise, you know, I, 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 out of home is is a super fun channel that we always love to play with, and I think it has had a little bit of a comeback this year. Like we were talking about, this sort of giant Barbie coming out of an out of home billboard, um, you know, is an experience in itself. And I think like we saw in Can this year, the out of outdoor um, category certainly had some really fun. Um, fun, fun entrance. And, you know, AI also in outdoor also, I've seen a number of different, um, different sort of narratives around how AI is going to have an impact on outdoor and like trying to determine like what's real and what's AI and how do you bring that forward? Um, and how do you tell that story? I think that's also going to be super interesting. So outdoor and at home and experiential all, I think will certainly be tactics that we'll have our eyes on and utilize in the coming year. So like experiential, like advertising, marketing, is that a large part of, you know, budgets right now? Like, is there money being kind of um, allocated for experimentation in 2024? I haven't, I don't know yet. I haven't, we haven't really gotten to that point yet, but I will say is that I think creating experiences for consumers is, is definitely, especially for Gen Z um, and the younger generation, we it's an important aspect of how how we go to market. And I think it again, like coming off of the pandemic, people are sort of hungering for these types of things. And I think this is where brands really can come to the table and bring fun experiences and make um, an impact on 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 consumers in a way that they couldn't necessarily if it was just sort of like a video spot or a TV spot or a social post, you know. So I think it is a really fun way to engage consumers. And um, we're certainly seeing a lot of like different creative ways into that. And I think it's a it, it continues to be a fun um, area for us to play in. And um, I guess like maybe a question branching off of like the whole Barbie phenomenon, but there's been a, there was a lot of kind of like brand partnerships with Barbie that kind of played into that marketing strategy. Curious if that's something that like you got into, maybe not with like Barbie or maybe starting with Barbie, we could ask that question, but like these kind of like licensing partnerships, these like collaborations, is that an avenue that you know, you think it can work well beyond the Barbie movie phenomenon? Um, is it something that you're like looking at or that your clients are expressing interest in? Um, I think Skittles and Mustard did a random collab recently, which is a choice. But curious, like what, you know, your thoughts are around these kind of like collaborations when it comes to brands marketing. Yeah, collabs are super fun. And and um, I, I think we're going to see more and more of them. Um, we've done some really fun um, collaborations with IHOP and some other brands. Um, and we, we've we we've done it across the board on many different clients. Um, we did it with the work that we did uh, for Ad Council on the vaccine campaign, where we partnered with, I think, like 300 partners and um, when when you're doing that, when you're bringing something like that to market and to life, um, it just comes back to me about um, really, really having a strong 
big idea at the center in order to sort of keep that like coherent red thread there. Um, but I think like partnerships across the board, as long as it really is um, briefed in the right way and it kind of all comes down to like a center big idea um, are, are, are great ways, great ways to continue to create a little bit of surround sound um, for, for any brand and brand partnerships. And with these kind of like larger projects in general, it's like very like multi hands, you know, in the mix, lots of like desks to go across, I'm sure, for these larger projects and like collaborations. Like, how does that look in a period of time where like there's a lot of like compression around like sales cycles and production cycles and getting things, you know, from point A to like point B? Like, have you experienced any compression in trying to get some of these larger scale product or projects like off the ground in the past year? And do you anticipate that like persisting or changing at all? I think for sure. Um, timelines are one of the things that always, you know, they always are changing. Um, and, and there is a lot of need to, to be able to go to market faster um, but that being said, I think it just, again, like goes back to the having a, a plan and like, no matter how long your timeline is, if you sort of start from like the right place and with the right um, team and integrated uh, team in, in at the table, um, you know, any, anything can be accomplished um, even in a short timeline, but cert- certainly like, you know, I think certainly we're always seeing timelines being compressed, budgets being compressed. Um, and then sometimes extended, right? Sometimes you get a little bit of a longer timeline if something's not ready. Um, but but certainly, like the pressure is certainly on um, to to get out there and do it the right way, and um, you know to stay on to be you know very efficient and mindful of of budgets and um, and that that's you know always been the case, and I think ever now more than ever certainly. Going back to what you said about you know the rise of uh, threads and like. Twitter doing its X thing and, you know, these kind of like social channels that I think have, one, either not had advertising as part of their business model threads and Twitter being challenged in that regard. Curious how like those newer or more uh, touch and go social platforms are kind of fitting into strategy if there is, you know, hesitation to be in these new places if there is like a you know urgency among brands to be like first to threads for instance like maybe there was around tiktok like what are some of the you know if you're looking at these kind of like nascent or like changing social platforms like what your kind of mentality is going into those areas when there's less even less certainty maybe we could call it that um i i i think everyone is is looking at um Threads and Twitter now X. Uh, in terms of how what is what is sort of the way to go into those channels in the right way, uh, you know, I do think that there is some urgency certainly to put together um, a point of view on how to go into those channels uh, for our clients, and we certainly we we feel that urgency, and we're 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 working on those things as well. But I also think. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing it the right way, uh, for, for the brands that we represent. And so, 
we want to be super thoughtful about that as well. And so even though there is urgency and there is like a very much a rush to sort of figure out what the what the approach is, um, there's also a, a, as much of a need for um, being smart about it and being thoughtful about it and doing it the right way. And so maybe to round out this conversation, I am curious, like, looking ahead into 2024, I know you mentioned, like, you're in this, like, kind of planning stage and uh, you're thinking about it a lot. Like, what are some big areas that you're excited about or that you're um, anticipating spending a lot of focus on? Like, what are some of the, you know, bigger trends for 2024 that you're banking on or just hoping to get to, you know, experiment with this coming year? I probably don't have a great answer for you on that in terms of um, what I see as sort of like the future. I, I honestly think that some of these conversations uh, will allow us to to start to get there to sort of make the make some bets, have a theory on where um, where we are going to be able to win um, with with some of our brand partners. And right now, I I, I think more than anything else um my my goal is to um enter into 2024 with um really thoughtful smart collaborative integrated um thoughtful plans and um that that have built in and baked in flexibility as well as the ability to um pivot quickly um, and then also have that sort of long-term ambition in mind as well. And so more than anything, I think that could be a theme that we're going to see is that there is probably a little bit more strategic rigor that we're going to see put in place for 2024 because that is sort of what 2023 has really taught us is um, we we need a plan. Everyone needs a plan and you do need to make choices and those strategic choices will help inform your success. And I think that that's going to be most important for us as well um, as, as an agency as well. And so I, I think that that to me is um, probably not a very exciting uh, <laughs> hypothesis, but uh, in terms of like what I think 2024 will bring is hopefully a little bit, um, we'll, we'll probably see the rise of a lot more strategic planning and and that sort of thing. And that obviously happens a lot, but a lot of a lot of that happens behind the scenes, but I think the the output of that is like you're we're going to see a lot of like you know brands that do this well are are going to have really thoughtful, smart, creative, innovative ways to go into market and to engage consumers in ways that are are um, are going to be fun to watch. And so I think that's probably what's what what we're going to see. Yeah, and with this kind of like strategic rigor, it, do you think that there will be more? Um, I guess, like protection around like marketing budgets, like do you think it'll be a little bit more like firm heading into 2024 versus, you know, how the past year there's been a lot of like stop and start or like holding budgets back? Like, I guess from like a, I'm sure you haven't seen like actual budgets yet for the year, but curious if you just think like there'll be a different approach to how money is spent against marketing and advertising efforts in 2024. I think the value of marketing and advertising and um, communications um, is 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 absolutely top of mind for um, a lot of businesses and brands. I think the value that it brings in um, creating a successful business and a successful brand, um, it absolutely. I think it, it is it is felt now more than ever the role that marketing can play in that. 
Um, and I, I think with that, you know, again, like planning will allow for budgets to come to the table with more certainty and again, creating a little bit of that flexibility in, in how those budgets are, um, you know, used and delivered and delivered and developed and, and how, how, um, how certain we can be against those is still, I think, hard to say. Um, and, and really ultimately I think, you know, the market and the economy is going to have a lot, um, a lot of, uh, impact on that. So if we do bypass this recession, then I think budgets will, uh, stay firm and they might even go up, right? Um, if the recession happens, then we could see the reverse of that. So I think it really does depend on sort of like the um, economic outlook. And again, knocking on wood, hopefully it's uh, hopefully we're in in an, in better shape than what I think some people expected. Yeah. And just if nothing else, having a very set kind of strategy going in with those backup plans is the best way to kind of brace against those uncertainties. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie, for joining me in this conversation and being on the podcast. This is great. Yeah. Thanks, Kaylee. I really appreciate it. And I enjoyed our conversation. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of the Digiday podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. And please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you.